We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? It was like a while. That's been a while. That's been a while, hasn't it? You went on holiday. On a holiday. Then uh, we came back. I did one show to sort of steer the the program back on track. Regrease the wheels. Yeah, that was uh, that was so successful. So difficult. I need to take a break. <laughs> I need to go on holiday. Went Florida, didn't I? You did go to Florida. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. See any, see any uh, celebrities out there? Um, no, so a lot of mobility scooters. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Disney World is Florida. Disneyland is LA, isn't it? So you're That's not going to see. You might see, I guess, the kind of celebrity you'd see in Florida, I imagine, would be someone like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yes. What was the, uh, what's the highlight for you? Uh, the ride called the Velocicoaster, which was, it goes to seven, you go up 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminded me, there's that part in Top Gun Maverick when Tom Cruise first does does the run, you know, mm-hmm. to show them it's all done. And there's a lot of go- sort of <laughs> side mm. to side. It was like that. Mm. It was mental and six Gs or something. So that was really good. I did that a couple of times. And did you also, was it also scary, like Top Gun, in that you thought Scientologists might slowly steal your wealth? Yeah, they did. Like while I was on the ride, mm-hmm. you put all your stuff in a locker and then when you come out, Scientology's taking it. And they put you and your family in, into what can only be described as uh, slave labour conditions. I've actually been meaning to speak to you because um, I know we've both had forms of therapy before. And um, it sort of means I'm not allowed to talk to you anymore because I don't accept psychiatry. So... Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Scientologist, but I also think psychiatry is, is a total racket. <laughs> we can be friends then. Yeah. Well, just get over it, I say. You know what, Eamon? Mm. You're almost as alpha male as the entire cast of the film that we're going to be talking about today. <sighs> yeah. Almost. There's some testosterone in that, in that lineup, I can tell you. Some human growth hormone up in that lineup. Oh, God. Yeah. Some Tren. <laughs> That's a steroid. <laughs> I looked it up. Tren. <laughs> yeah. Tren. It sounds like uh, Frankenstein. In the Bride of Frankenstein, he says, Fran, I imagine Fran. if you want Tren, you have to ask yeah. for it like Frankenstein. Uh, sorry, mate, I'm trying to like really bulk up. Have you got any Tren? <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, they're very particular drug dealers, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. Say it right. Say yeah. it right. But, you know, first of all, we should probably say welcome to Watching Films on the Toilet podcast. Yes, podcast about... Yeah, middle-aged dads, young kids. We, we want to watch some 18 certificate films for crying out loud. Can't, can't watch them with our children. No, unless we... Well, I mean, we we could, but... Uh, yeah, in the US, we could. I could have taken my kids to all the R-rated movies over there, but I didn't. Yeah. So, this week, we've watched uh, The Expendables, or The Expendables, if you're from Plymouth. The Expendables. Yeah. The first of what will be four... Expendables movies and in the run-up to the release of the Expendables 4 in late September 
We're going to be watching all of them. Yeah, it's the mini series, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. we're going to be talking about that later. Uh, first of all, mm. do you have any correspondence? <laughs> yes, I have a letter that came to me uh, into my mailbag, which is distinct and separate from your mailbag. Okay. So, do you want to read yours first? I will. Okay. Dear watching toilets, lads. Paddy McGuinness here. <laughs> I was proper upset when I tuned into your last podcast and heard you asking ChatGPT to make up Paddy McGuinness style jokes. Not because it reflected badly on my sloppy sub-dad joke quality gags, but because I can't believe I hadn't thought to do that myself first. This is because I am an extremely lazy man and I hate doing work. Now that I've divorced my wife, my main focus is hooking up with some dumbass who's good-looking in that chaffy kind of a way that is obviously my type. If I'm going to give myself enough time to trawl through the bars of shitty northwest towns to find a slightly overweight woman with big jubbly t- and Botox lips without dark outer line that makes them look like an ass, then I can't afford the time I usually spend writing material, even if, even if it is just a few minutes before I go on stage to present whatever BBC flagship brand I've somehow managed to weasel my way onto. <laughs> I've started getting ChatGPT to write my ad libs for question of sport. Fortunately, because AI harvests material from online, the jokes it's producing for me are pretty racist, which, of course, is completely on brand for me. <laughs> Yours, Paddy M. Ooh, wow, he, uh, he was very honest there, wasn't he? He, he, was <laughs> he really let it all out. Mm. Well, he's, yeah. he, is, he is a very lazy man. So he said every BBC flagship brand. So which ones, what's he done? Well, he's done, he's done Top Gear. Yeah. And now he's on uh, Question of Sport. Two big ones, aren't they? He's on all these, yeah, he's getting all these big, like, heritage brands. And, like, it's really weird because in it, almost every other broadcaster is going, right, we need to uh, really diversify our lineup. So, mm. certainly more women involved, people of color, people of different sexual identities, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> the BBC have gone the opposite way. They've gone, let's get the most, like, unreconstructed, like, white, borderline, like, sexist man we possibly can. Yeah. Danny Dyer. Yeah, Danny and, Dyer. Uh, and Paddy McGuinness. Paddy McGuinness. Yeah. It's astonishing. Unless they've seen, like, his weird tiny head and thought, maybe that's some sort of, some sort of disability. All right, cool. Well, um, I've also got some correspondence, which was sent to my mailbag. So it goes, uh, yeah, it goes like this. Hi, watching films on the toilet. Rebecca Ferguson here. Mm-hmm. Star of some Mission Impossible movies, Dune movies, and lots of other movies. On the last episode of your podcast, Eamon called me the worst possible word you can call anyone because I starred in The Greatest Showman. He claimed I gave a full-bodied performance, which I would have taken as a compliment if it hadn't been followed by the worst possible word you can call anyone. What he may not know is that I didn't sing any of the songs in the film. That was Grammy Award-winning artist Lauren Allred, which may explain why my performance was so exaggerated. It takes a lot of work to convince the audience that you're performing someone else's material. You really have to embody the artist. I wondered what it would take to convince an audience that Eamon's voice was actually mine. So I had to go in the bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. 
I started by squashing up my face and pursing my lips as hard as I could, till my face became quite sore, in an attempt to look as unattractive as possible. Then I held my breath for as long as I could and clenched my fists really tight until I went all red and I started to sweat. I held that position until the bathroom mirror steamed up and I started to stink. (laughs) Then, and only then, was I ready to mime along to Eamon's stupid, annoying voice. I filmed the whole thing and sent it to my friend Jeremy Strong, who said it was the, like, uh, the greatest performance he'd ever seen. So there, lots of love to Ben, Rebecca Ferguson. Mm. Okay, I didn't know that. I did feel like your diss kind of came out of nowhere. Well, it's a terrible film though, isn't it? Yeah, it's awful, but, you know, it's not just down to her. I suppose if... Um... If you were cast in the uh, the birth of a na- of the nation, which is that uh, white supremacist film from nineteen fifteen, it celebrates the, the Ku Klux Klan. She was she wasn't alive. No, but this is my point. You can not be a racist, but if you are then cast in that film and give a really convincing film, you're ultimately <laughs> doing wrong. So you're comparing Birth of a Nation to The Greatest Showman. Very similar, aren't they? I think they've done an almost equal amount of damage. I can't argue with that. Mm. Rebecca, turns out Eamon was right. Eamon, have you got any toilet news? I do. So this is um, this is in the uh, the Guardian, and this oh. is a uh, a feature called "You Be the Judge." I will. Where two different sides of an argument are posed, and then readers vote. On who they agree with. I thought snowflakes weren't meant to judge. <laughs> well, you know what? This is the first time I've read The Guardian for ages. Yeah. I'm clearly becoming so old. I'll read it now. I'm like, oh my God, so woke. <laughs> so you, you be the judge. Should my partner's son put the lid down before flushing the toilet? So there's this guy called Ray. Mm-hmm. He says, um, my partner, Michelle's son, Dave, is a good kid. I've known him for the past six years while dating his mum. Blah, 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 blah. I've noticed a few differences between the, the, the way I raise my children and, and the way she raised her. Awkward. The main one is the fact, yeah, the main one is David doesn't put the lid down after he goes to the toilet for a number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like the lid down completely. He says, if you flush with the lid up, it releases something called an aerosol plume, a cloud of germs, basically. He's 18, still living at home. Uh, he claims Michelle never made a big fuss of closing the toilet lid, but I think it's a, it's of paramount importance. So then this is the kid's point of view. What, so the kid's written in as well? Yeah, so they, they get get opinion opinions right, from both okay, of them. Okay. So flushing the loo and putting the seat down afterwards isn't a problem for me, uh, but remember to close the whole lid is. One time Ray came into the bathroom after me and told me that the lid of the toilet should have been closed, and I, and I got a bit triggered by being told to close the lid of a toilet. Oh, God. Mm. My defence is that I just don't believe that the germs spray up into the atmosphere, or if they do, I don't think they're going to kill us or impact us in any way. When Ray moved in, he was pretty chill at first, but he gradually got a bit more outspoken as he's grown more comfortable. I don't mind him, and we have a good relationship. Uh, He's been good to my mum since my dad left us, but obviously there's some things I had to adjust to. Now I have to share the front room with him just so he, he can watch his detective shows. Okay, anyway, so then the jury of the Guardian readers should David brush up on his toilet etiquette. So a few people have, have made their comments. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ray should let this go. 
So apparently Ray moved, he got so cross, he was so worried about germs landing on his on his toothbrush, he had to uh, hide his toothbrush in a cupboard. Mm. As an adult, David is free to reject David's advice and act as he pleases in his own home, says Kieran. So, Ben, who do you decide with? David, the, uh, the young man who leaves the toilet open, or Ray? I feel like Ray's a little OCD kind of... Yeah. You know, this I've I've never really heard about this plume before. Um yeah. hiding his toothbrush. That seems quite extreme. Mm-hmm. But kind of kind of depends depends what he's bringing into the home. Mm-hmm. You know, is this guy supporting David in any way? Is he paying rent? Mm. Is he paying his way or is he just hanging about and uh sorting out David's mum? Yeah. Yeah, I get the... You know, putting a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. So what... I'd like to know more about that situation before I make a judgment. Because if if Ray is is not putting any cash into the home, Mm -hmm. then really he's got no say. Interesting. Uh, On the other hand, you know, David is 18 years old. Maybe he should be starting to pay some rent or something. Maybe get himself a little part-time job. Mm -hmm. Pull his weight. So I feel like I need more uh, before I make a judgment. Where are you with this? I was on David's side until he said he was triggered. Yes. Then I just instantly sided with Ray. Mm. No, I I had a problem with that. I, my understanding of the word triggered is it makes you remember something. Like yeah, I thought it was like it, it brought back some past trauma. Yes, that's that was my understanding of that. So, so does David have past trauma relating to? an open toilet lid or is he misusing is he just using that as a kind of broad term for it made me cross yeah exactly so i think i probably need to we need to dig down into that a bit more because mm. my gut feeling is that he's uh he's an idiot kid who's using a word he doesn't doesn't really understand what it means yeah i think you might be right but you know if he had you know What's it called when you get your head flushed in the toilet? A swirly? Something like that. <laughs> a swirly? I, I've never heard of that. I like it. You know, he'd been swirlied. They should have forced the mother to decide which one of those men gets to stay in the family home. Yes. That would have been... Maybe that mum should grow a pair of cojones. What's her name? What's the, what's the mother's name? Michelle. Michelle. Does she leave it up? Mm. She just doesn't flush. Because she's stuck in the middle... You know, between her son and this new guy, she just doesn't flush at all. If she shuts the lid, she offends her son. If she leaves the lid open, she offends Ray. So she just doesn't flush. This is the best advert for not getting divorced because <laughs> this is like, why would you invite all this distress? If it's like your, if it's like your son, you'd be like, yeah. stop doing that thing. It's disgusting. Yeah. And they have to, on paper at least, they should uh, do what you say. They might not like it, and if they don't do it again, just say it again louder. Actually, I have just suddenly grown... I've got sympathy for Ray, because I think if I was to suddenly... If I was to be thrust into a new situation where I had to tolerate someone else's child, I'd find that incredibly difficult. I think you would struggle. I would struggle. Hmm. I would. You yeah. are, how we say, quite particular. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I. You know what? I have high expectations. Mm-hmm. That's what I have. Um, and when people don't meet those, 
That's where the old sort of passive aggression comes out. Triggers me, Eamon. Yeah. It triggers me. So on to The Expendables, the first Expendables film. Eamon, how did you watch this? Did you watch it on the toilet? Or? Of course I did. I watched it in seven chunks. Nice. Uh, I watched it uh, three chunks, one of which I downloaded it onto my phone and I had to watch it on the train. But thankfully, there was a toilet on the train, so I uh, occupied that for a good 45 minutes. Uh, good. And what did you drink for me so that I may give a summary of this film and the time it takes you to do a, a big old <laughs> I drank uh, I drank a six pack of Budweiser. Yeah. Yeah, cool American beers. Did you wear a t-shirt that was too small for your belly? Yeah, my my belly hung down. Yeah. I also ha- was wearing one of those hats with the completely flat. It's like a peaked cap, but the peak was completely flat. There's no curve in it. Well, flat. When I was a kid, every time you got a baseball hat, the first thing you do is really curve out <laughs> the peak. You yes. used to be you're like bending it, bending the sides. I know so what you mean. There's a nice sort of arch shape on the peak. Mm. Now, absolutely not. That peak has to be as flat as possible. Yeah, very good. You could rest a beer on that peak, couldn't you? Exactly. I th- I think it makes you people look like idiots, but um, I did. I wore one anyway. Did you tell your wife to get off your damn back at any point? Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, I'm going out with my buds. I slammed yeah. the front door. Drunk drove to the, uh, to the, to the pub. <laughs> legend. Drinking the Budweiser's on the way. Absolute legend. And when I got there, I put the world straight with a couple of good buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you play some darts? Yeah, play some pool, shot some pool. Yeah. Did some uh, cat calling. Oh, yeah. You were outside and, uh, calling, came, calling for some cats. Yeah, then came home, had a big cry. Did you, did you get bed. any cats on the way? Did you collect any cats? No. You, you, were cat, you were calling for cats? Yeah. So, no. Did any come? No. No, I... Uh, no, none. You didn't do a very good job of that, did you? No, that was really an incidental thing that I was saying. That was more of a part of the journey on the way to the, the crying bit, but... You didn't seem to be interested in that bit. You you got really sidetracked by the cat calling bit. Well, yeah, I think because I think because you like cats. So I do much. like cats, so I was quite invested yeah. in that part. I wanted to know. I'd worked quite hard to develop that rhythm, and <laughs> you know the the journey towards what we thought might be quite a manly ending. Yeah, but obviously the crying didn't care about. No, it's really really like leaning into the cats bits there. Because I think because you really like cats. Yeah, I was quite excited. Yeah. So did you... No, I didn't, Ben. I, no, I didn't meet any cats. We need to work on your cat calling then. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah, excellent. Mm. And how, how long did you wee for? Uh, a minute and 12 seconds. I will eliminate this. That's all. Okay, right, you ready? Yeah. Go. So... Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li, Randy Couture and Terry Crews are the Expendables, a group of 
good mercenaries who only kill bad people like pirates, dictators, goons and other mercenaries who are bad. The group's handler and resident tattoo artist Mickey Rourke sends them off to an island in the Gulf of Mexico to stop a mean dictator who's being kept in power by corrupt CIA agent Eric Roberts and Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Whilst gathering intel on the island, Stallone takes a shine to the dictator's daughter because he saw her. (laughs) <laughs> and after she's kidnapped and tortured by Eric Roberts, Stallone vows to return to the island and save her. So the team, with the exception of Lundgren, who betrayed them, but that's okay, head back to the island and destroy it and all the bad men. Then they head back to the tattoo parlor to celebrate and Statham makes up a poem. <laughs> Far from the end. Yep, good. 58 seconds. Well within your time slot. I was in and out like like Stallone and Statham on the island. Very much so. So, Eamon, Hmm. I was trying to recall the first time we saw this movie. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it came out around my birthday Mm. in 2010. Yeah. Uh, So in August sort of time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it felt like quite a big deal. As you, you know, I'm a big Arnie 80s action movie fan yeah so this was this was pretty big on my calendar and i i think we all had a little bit of vegas mix we didn't did we? yeah we i think we've explained vegas vegas mix before but it's we have so the the vegas mix in case you you don't know is you buy a 500 ml bottle of coke or was it uh yeah it's usually the, the yeah the 500 ml you pour out half of it and you replace that half with vodka um and then you take it into the cinema. And then when the uh, attendants go in, they go, uh, oh, you've not got any alcohol, have you? And you go, me? No. <laughs> no. It's just it's just this bottle of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting drunk. And they go, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, they, they've watched you at the door lob an empty yeah. bottle of vodka across the road because yeah. how else are you going to get rid of they, that? They've watched you, you know. like fall into the pick and mix concession. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, they have no clue. You just reminded me, sorry, before we get into the Expendables, my kids were away last week and I'd been on holiday. So I went to the cinema to catch up with a lot of movies. Mm. So I saw, uh, I saw Talk to Me, which I very much enjoyed. I saw Oppenheimer, which was fantastic. Yeah. I saw Barbie, which I also enjoyed. Three, three great movies. But Mm -hmm. I think it was, uh, it was Talk to Me, the first movie I saw. I got myself a pick and mix. Yeah. Uh, The pick and mix cost more than the cinema ticket. Jeez Louise. I didn't think I'd filled out that much. Mm-hmm. I took it to the counter. I mean, the ticket was only £8, which wasn't bad. Pick and mix, £8.75. £8.75! The pick and mix, Amen. So how many grams was that then? Like 500 grams? I, I guess it's it, like half a kilo of sweets, yeah. I went over the top, I guess. That's a sugar. That's like a sugar tax. That's good that it's so expensive. It was nice, though. I know we've talked a lot about pick and mix in the past, but I love this subject. Can you just, just tell me... Talk me through a couple of your faves. Mate, there was loads. Um, I'm a big fan of the white mice. <laughs> and they're quite heavy, aren't they? Yeah, they got some, yeah, a little bit. You got of... your your rope, your, uh, what's mm. it? Yeah, you know I'm talking about. Of course they do, yeah. We call them cables in our house. I don't red know cable. If... You got your red cable, you get your green cable. You got your sugary uh, cola bottles. You got mm. some of them. You got some jelly beans down at the bottom. Uh, you got your, your strawberries. What about the peaches? Are you a fan of those? Didn't they didn't I I do like peaches, but they didn't have any of those. What about what what what's your what's your tipple? Oh, I love the cables, but unfortunately yeah. 
green cables very rare these days. But I had a, I had three of them. Oh wow! I'm going to come to your cinema. Mm-hmm. I mean, bring, that's bring a your good number, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Still got a checkbook, eh? Uh, <laughs> do they have that machine? Where goes, <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. I'm always on the fence about this, and I often don't go for these purely because of their weight. And it's a, um, it's like a, a, a strip of uh, the sugary, it's like a, like a jelly sweet, but it's wound very tightly. So that's a substantial amount yes. of weight to it. Mm-hmm. And I quite like yes. those, yeah. but that that's a big investment. It's very good. That's really half. I like those. Well, not half, maybe a quarter of your your weight. Please. I'm really, uh, I'm happy with a, a, a cola bottle, any of the cola bottles. If there's a cherry cola bottle, I'm, uh, I'm delighted. Yeah. I think, I think we're on the same page there. Um, so would you flush the expendables or the <laughs> Let's get back to the Expendables. Oh, um, if you're still listening... We should do a spin-off podcast about Pick and Mix. I kind of feel oh, like I'm yeah. more passionate about yeah. Pick and Mix than I am about films. I think I might be too. Yeah. That was good. Enjoyed I love that. love sweets. Um, okay, so anyway, as we were saying, we saw this, uh, I guess, 13 years ago. Mm. We were really drunk. Yeah. And I don't think I realized quite how drunk we are until I watched it again. <laughs> um, because I remember at the time, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, a real a real fun ride. Mm. Um, watching it again, it's awful. <laughs> yes, yes, you're, you're quite yeah. right. I had exactly the same memory, and as you said, I think we were really drunk. Mm. And I think because there was a lot of people, it was like hilarious. Yeah. Like we were laughing at like how I call the insane yes. violence, and and I loved, I enjoyed it because of that. But yeah, when you watch it in the cold light of day, it's, it is not, it's not good. I mean, all the, the jokes are... Terrible. They're just way off. Yeah. Way off. And not just the jokes, the kind of... It seems like Stallone has to be involved in some way in every single yeah. exchange. But he doesn't give a quip. He'll just sort of... little cut to him laughing. Yeah. Uh, I agree. <laughs> yes. Or just... Kind of, he ends it, but not in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, it's not, gonna, if, if you were going to be really um, like judicious with in the editing room, you would have take, taken all those bits out because they add nothing. Unless, of course, yeah. you're the director of the film and it's you yes. who's saying those bits, <laughs> in which case yeah. you would leave them in. And you're so jacked up throughout production yeah. that you probably have no idea what reality is. Um, or film yeah well so, this is because I, I remember like i think even then he was like maybe 60 something the promo for this was those very dark moodily lit images of his insanely torn physique so yeah he would have been 65 at the time wow and he was yeah he, he looks phenomenal he's got like a really jacked body yeah but it's really funny like um I don't know if this, these two things have ever been inf- compared to uh, each other, but there's a uh, remember Dad's Army. Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, there's an episode where they're all trying to look really young. I think they're trying to be conscripted or something, and they, they did that by putting like dyeing their hair jet black, having really rosy red cheeks, and putting cotton balls in their mouth <laughs> to make them look all plump. 
And that's yeah. what st- Sly reminded me of. It's like <laughs> trying so desperately hard to look young, but with like not great tools. No, not very good tools. Uh, although a man called Tool, who is one of his friends. Yes. So Mickey Rock is called Tool. I actually thought he was... Should we rate the Expendables? Yeah. I'd say my favourite was probably Mickey Rourke, just because he was the best actor. Okay, I think my favourite was... Or does does he count as an Expendable, though? Mm, yeah, tricky. But I'd say no, because he doesn't do any fighting, does he? Okay, but I do think he was his acting was the best. Well... Uh, I mean, he was given a pretty awful monologue about a woman who committed suicide. Well, he had to, to um, sell that. So... In, in basically it was him telling that story that convinces Sly to go back to save this woman who he has almost nothing to do with nothing but I, would say I liked Dolph Lundgren in it because he's just clearly treating the script with the contempt it deserves and being like a real <laughs> ham like he's going he's just, Dolph was it was Universal stu- Soldier Dolph yeah wasn't it, it was yeah just going like nuts I thought Jet Li was really boring like he was oh they did that we'll get to this but the just the editing in this film in general the way the action scenes were edited was awful mm. they were so choppy and like jet lee he's an incredibly talented martial artist they just sort of chopped around all his work oh yeah it was rubbish well i mean i thought same with randy yeah randy couture it's like, oh, cool, MMA guy. But then you realise, yeah. oh, hang on, this is just make-believe. So it doesn't matter that he's brilliant at fighting because he's only pretending. Yeah, they could have got like Eddie Redmayne or something. Well, they, yeah, they could have got uh, like Jeff Capes. Yeah, they could. He would, have been a, he would have been a brilliant expendable. Threw a fox around the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, like, uh, Terry Crews was good fun. Terry Crews was good. He was fun. And you can see why he's gone on to better things. Yeah, and he had that incredible gun everyone else's career is really in the descent i think his is pretty much the only one in the ascent maybe statham as well i suppose well look statham plays a character called lee christmas he's a little bit ridiculous but yeah i mean statham statham isn't he i think it was almost like a parody of a statham character i yes he works best when he's like the the lone nutter i think when he's his silliness is diluted by everyone else doing the same thing. It he was a bit too really chill, work. wasn't he? He just sort of sat back. Yeah. Well, there's that part where um, he flies the plane away from the exploding island and he just assumes mm. that Stallone's going to hang on, that's going to run, jump, <laughs> grab onto the plane and come. Like, if that yeah. was you and me, you know, I know you pretty well. <laughs> like, if I, I wouldn't assume you were going to do that. I'd make sure that I was helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'd be shouting the whole way. I'd be like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Well, yeah. And you can actually tell <laughs> that wouldn't have worked because if you, if you watch it, there's a scene where there's an actual stuntman jumping on and you can tell that he misses. Like it, it cuts yeah. before he gets there. He wasn't going to make it. So you see him falling short, cut, Stallone landing inside. Stallone's yeah. on it. But yeah, it was, there was no jeopardy. Yeah. There were no personal stakes well, at all. You know, if you're going to tr- treat these guys like proper mercenaries, there's, there's absolutely no way they'd go back to, to rescue someone that they've literally just met. Not without getting paid for it. Well, exactly. You have to do a far better job 
at establishing chemistry between those yeah. characters and they didn't they couldn't be bothered so when they go when they were going back i was like what, why yeah. are they going back for the woman who like, is what? waterboarded yeah it was horrific the way women are treated in this movie yeah. is horrendous i mean you know you don't like women but even you have to agree with that waterboarding is too much <laughs> it is too much it's funny what, what that made me think of it it's like almost like um Oh, yeah, waterboarding was really in vogue for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a time in the early 2000s where people uh, used to really talk a lot about waterboarding. You know what the new waterboarding is in movies? What? It's having a knife stabbed through your hand. And yes, rather than having the knife then... pulled out, you cut like half your hand in half. Yes. That's what the new waterboarding is. I've seen that. I see that all that the time. It was in John Wick, wasn't it? It was, it was in John Wick. It was in Extraction 2 been in all sorts mm. of things it was in gangs of london what's the next torture craze gonna be <sighs> um paper cuts oh, nasty paper cuts paper, paper cuts with lemon juice on mate oh no it, it's, it's standing on a plug yeah standing on lego good luck to you mr bond you're free to go of course <laughs> i've taken away your socks and and shoes and the warehouse floor is covered in lego so good luck <laughs> Classic South African yeah. villain, of course. There he is. He's all... Make your way across this Lego, <laughs> if you oh. can. Oh, you thought it would be so easy that you could brush the Lego aside with your feet. Each piece has been individually super glued down. So bad luck. Yeah, it might be that. It might be that. It is incredibly painful. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. One thing, I think at the time, again, when I was drunk, I was just like, this is ridiculous, but cool. But yeah. watching it again, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> it's um, in the aeroplane that Jason Statham, does he, I don't know if he has to climb out the window or climbs through a hatch. Yes. And then he shoots the oil, doesn't he? There's, but it's like, there's a machine gun housed in the front of the, uh, the aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. And instead of like every other aeroplane since like 1918, where the pilot yeah. pushes a button and it fires a gun. With this aeroplane, someone had to get out of the aeroplane whilst it's flying, walk around into a hatch, manually fire the machine gun yeah. from a hole in in the nose. Yeah, it makes cone. sense when you think about it. I think that you know, if something that's cool, people don't mind, but that's not cool. It's so stupid. It really is stupid. In what felt like a really bad bit of improv, Mickey Rourke is getting telling Jason Statham he should have a a web tattooed on on his head. It did feel almost made up on the set, didn't it? It did, didn't it? Like, he's sort of mumbling a lot in... So I just wondered if we could come up with a better tattoo. For Jason Statham? For Jason Statham. So Mickey, Mickey Rourke's with a spider web with a spider coming out of his ear. Yeah, that's pretty lame. What about a boiled egg with some soldiers? Oh, like make his head look like a cracked dippy egg. Yeah, and there was like a, the yolk <laughs> running running down, maybe past his eye. I would have liked Mickey Rourke to have said that. <laughs> like a lot of gangsters have like a teardrop tattoo. <laughs> egg yolk. Stays as like egg yolk. <laughs> maybe you could yeah, like a like a dippy egg on top of your head, and like <laughs> a egg. you know, like a bit of egg yolk coming down the side of your face. How about that? That's already better. That's good. Three holes on the top of his head, so it looks like a bowling ball. Bowling ball, yeah, that's better. Um, or he could have um, Darth Vader's weird crumpled face on the top of his head, <laughs> so that when he puts his head down, 
<laughs> It'd be a great introduction to the character if, like, the first time you see him, you see Darth Vader's face, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then he, he lifts his head up, and you're lifts like, oh, it's, head. "It's Jason Statham." That would be good. <laughs> or he could have like hair tattooed on his head. Oh man, a hair, a hairstyle. <laughs> would that work? Like curtains, <laughs> or like a mullet, like it goes down the back of his neck. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. Hey man, let me. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> tattoo some curtains on your on your head. <laughs> what about like sunglasses? Like resting on top. Like he's put his. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's he's put them on top of his oh, head. Oh, I so like that. He's not wearing them at that moment. Yes. I mean, these are all better. They're all better, aren't they? That took us a, a minute, I think. They had millions of dollars. They had and, millions of dollars, and he's like, and uh, no script. A web, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, and of course, there's Statham's poem at the end. For f- sake, I mean, I love poetry. What? What? What does that mean? Do you think that is really like a, a joke between them going, "Look at this, shit we can get away with," <laughs> and like, what suckers these people are watching? Maybe. This. There's also like a ten-minute montage of people planting C4 explosives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it goes on for ages. And they just keep doing it. So much explosive. Yeah. It's funny because to begin with, they're like, oh, I'll put one here. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be really, dis- they're really discerning. Bang, bang, bang. By the end, they're like putting them on everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's one bit where it's like, uh, like a really directory camera move where it's like one person running down one side, putting it on a load of pillars. Yeah. And then we like pan across and it's someone else doing it on a load of other pillars. A series of like slow motion shots that don't need to be slow motion. Some shots of their muscles. Yeah. It's very odd the way it was edited. Yeah. It it feels like someone tried to rescue it in the edit, but didn't. Was it Tango and Cash that Stallone massively re-edited? Yes. That I think that was rescued. So he has a track record, doesn't he? Of messing up the shoot, I guess. Messing up the shoot and someone else having to come in and be like, well, I've shot my best. Yeah. It's almost like a collage, isn't it? It's rather than like um, a series of images that make logical sense. It's like, here's some stuff that's all loosely related. You work work it out. Like thematically related? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thematically related. (laughs) But that's kind of just like, well, I'm not not putting this in order. You do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's kind of what that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, here's other footage. Make something <laughs> out of it. I gotta go. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. so true. All right, let's let's do this. Let's wrap this up. Eamon, would you fish the Expendables out like the semblance of a film was clearly fished out <laughs> during the editing yeah. process, or would you flush it away like Stone Cold Steve Austin is? flushed into a river of oil when he sets on fire (laughs) yeah of course i'd flush this and what about you ben yeah i would also flush it away it's a great start to our expendables Mm. marathon isn't it three to go (laughs) (laughs) wow so the expendables is uh is heading for the macerating tank of despair yeah good good riddance i'd say (laughs) so now it's time for our top five 
And this time we are going to guess each other's top five Jason Statham character names. Yeah, it'd be too much of a stretch to go for Jason Statham films. Um, I like Statham. What I like about Statham is he doesn't stretch himself. No. He, he knows exactly where he fits. Yeah, that's true. You've got to respect him for that. But um, yeah, so he, he has had some incredible character names. Yeah. Um, so we will guess each other's top five. We get three guesses. Whoever gets the most gets to pick the next film, although we, we know, know what it is already. Be, yeah. And the loser gets a forfeit. So the loser gets a forfeit. Yeah. So um, I'll let you go first. Wow, that's very kind because there's one clear name that stands head and shoulders above the rest. Is it a duplicate? Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah. And that is, of course, Chev Chelios. Chev Chelios is not only the greatest Jason Statham character name. I would argue it is the greatest movie character name. I'm Chev Chelios. This is just the best. There's nothing better. Chev. And Crank. I've got a lot of time for Crank and Crank 2. And, 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 and going back to what I said earlier, that is the sort of mental energy I think this film should have had. Yes, definitely. That kind of celebration and, and like octane, whereas this was like flat. But you know what, what might happen now? I mean, they've made The Expendables 4, but what could have happened now is you hand this over to someone like Sam Hargrave or, uh, you know, Chad Stahelski, mm. proper action director. If they got their hands on this, I bet they could have done a great job. But, you know, Stallone. Yeah. Um, okay, so I get one. Mm. This is also a duplicate. Terry Leather. Yes. <laughs> Terry Leather. Ah, oh, great name. I'm Terry Leather. From the bank job. Right. Okay, my next one. Jericho Butler. I haven't picked Jericho Butler. That's Ghosts of Mars, isn't it? Ghosts of Mars. He's a He's sergeant. Strong. Jericho Butler. It's a good, it is a strong name, but I didn't pick that one. Hmm. Um, oh. Okay, so another guess. I'm going to go with, okay, it's a duplicate. Lee Christmas. Yes, Yes, I have that. I mean, it's from the film we just watched, but it's a remarkable name. I know. That's the best thing about his character. It's, yeah, no, nothing else, really. Jericho Butler, by the way, was a um, double duplicate. Oh, okay. I will say Handsome Rob from the Italian job. I did choose Handsome Rob. Yes. Is his, is his first name Handsome? I guess so. <laughs> the name's Handsome. Handsome Rob. <laughs> no, that doesn't work, does it? Name's Bob. <laughs> the name's Rob. Rob Hanson. <laughs> that doesn't work either. I can't get it. I can't get it. Rob Hanson is, is a realistic sounding name. Hang on. The name's Bond, James Bond. It doesn't the name's work, Rob. does it? Yeah, Hanson Rob. Oh, oh, no. The name's Hanson. No. The name's no, it's, James. It's the, name's, <laughs> the name's Bond, James Bond. The name's yeah. Rob, Hanson Rob. Yeah, it just doesn't sound right. Well, no. The name's Rob. Handsome Rob. Right. I like Rob Handsome. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's 2-2. Two, two. You have a final guess. If you get this, you win the whole darn thing. Agent Evan Funch. <laughs> no. No? Okay. From the one, no. Yeah. It's rock, paper, scissors. Oh, no. You've won about the leave. won the last two. So it's one, two, three, and then draw. Okay. Ready? One, one two, two, three. three. Yes. You've ben won. got rock, and I have paper. Brilliant. Damn it. Knew you choose rock. You suck. <laughs> um, well done. So, hmm. okay, so what, 
was your top five? Top five. Uh, Lee Christmas, Chev Chelios, Terry Leather, Jericho Butler, and Yves Gluon from uh, The Pink Panther. Ah, okay. That's strong. Who did you have? I had Terry Leather, Lee Christmas, Chev Chelios, Hanson Rob, and Nick Wilde hmm. from Wilde. Okay. Good stuff. So what's my forfeit? For your uh, forfeit, you have to spend an afternoon planting detonators. <laughs> you know what? There's nothing I'd rather do. Yeah. That montage lasted a good two minutes. So if you extrapolate that out, probably spent several hours yeah. planting charges. Did you come up with any Jason Statham character names? Oh, I didn't actually, but I can think of trying to think of some now. Cram Cramble. Cram Cramble. Well, look. The Cram Cram... Cram Crandall. You you told me to do some, so I did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, mine were um, <laughs> Ovaltine Nunchuck. Okay. Matt Polish. Oh. Which is actually quite clever. Because it's like a... That's clever, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. Um, Ian Mineshaft. Yeah, good. I'm Ian Mineshaft. And uh, Crowbar. <laughs> you could see that. You could see that in an Expendables The name's Bar. Crowbar. Yeah, my name's Crowbar. So yeah, there you go. Very good. I did a thing. Uh, you didn't. I didn't. I've spent so, all my time on the Paddy McGuinness letter. So I hate him. <laughs> I hate I him so it. much. Paddy McGuinness wrote that. Yeah, he did. He did. Paddy McGuinness wrote that. Paddy McGuinness wrote that. Okay, so that's that. So we next time we're watching The Expendables 2. Yeah, brilliant. Cannot wait. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening. Find us on the on the social medias, the uh, the Instagram, the TikTok, the Facebook, the Twitter, the wretched sorry X. Oh yeah, it's now known Truth Social. We would appreciate if you'd rate us, uh, review us, subscribe to the podcast. Mm. We haven't thanked our Patreons, Eamon. Yeah. So what expendable? What action heroes would our Patreons be? Which expendable? Okay. Um, Mike Foster would be Terry Crews. Yeah. You know, you'd be in a, a sort of a desperate situation and he'd just rock up with a automatic shotgun and take care of business, wouldn't he? He would, yeah. Rafa be Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, the kind of uh, loose cannon. Loose cannon. You never quite know which way he's going he's gonna to go. But in the end, he makes the right choice. <laughs> yeah. I think your, uh, your dad would be Randy Couture. Cauliflowers, cauliflowers, and a nice hat. A nice hat, yeah. Mm. And your mum would be Eric Roberts, the the <laughs> bad guy, <laughs> the corrupt CIA agent. The really, yeah, the really bad person in it. That's what she would be. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where you're going with that. No, um, but but yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. So, Eamon? Yeah, keep flushing. <laughs>